Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast, where we're working to help you call a truce with your anxiety. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC. Welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. Today, my guest is Michelle Jackson. She's a personal finance influencer, a blogger, and podcaster. She loves empowering financially single women with their money, helping them own their authority, and grow their best lives personally and professionally. She says, money doesn't have to be scary. And her podcast is called Michelle is Money Hungry. So I'm looking forward to talking to Michelle about money and anxiety and how as women, we can maybe feel a little less anxious around our money issues. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the Woman Warriors podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. It's, uh, it's, it's. It's been fun pre-chatting with you before we even, you know, were officially recording and when we talked uh, on the phone recently. And I, uh, I just really appreciate your taking the time to be with us today. Well, what what she's not saying is I ran a little late, so she was very <laughs> nice to to wait for me um, because I got distracted with something. And normally this doesn't happen, but um, thank, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Oh no, no worries, no worries. I I totally understand that life gets in the way and these things happen. So there you go. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you and the work that you do and what got you doing the work that you do? So my name is Michelle Jackson. I run um, a couple of different digital um, projects, if you will. One is called Michelle is Money Hungry. Um, It is a blog as well as a podcast, and it's all about money um, from the financially single woman's perspective. Mm -hmm. I got into that specific project because I found myself having a ton of trouble with money. Um, I also uh, was in the, um, I had the experience of having to support both my mom and I on Starbucks money and student loans. And when that happened, I was completely unprepared for it, as you could imagine, um, because uh, as young people, we're taught that things like this wouldn't happen. Like you're, you're completely ignorant to the, the fact that um, your parents could be financially insecure and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, and that was, that's been years since that happened, but still it, it had a profound effect on my psyche, on my money, on my debt. And, and I learned that, wow, I was completely ill prepared. I had horrible finances. I had horrible financial habits and um, as I dug myself out of that mess, I I've kept kind of feeling very alone. And um, I began reading blogs about money. So there were these other like people out there sharing their business with the world and <laughs> sharing their stories about paying off massive amounts of debt, 
um, at that time I was reading a lot of debt related blogs because I had a lot of debt. Right. Um, right. Now I read a lot of blogs about entrepreneurship and earning more money uh, because even though I still have debt, the amount that I have now versus when I began is so different and how it's structured is different that um, it's really changed my life. So to put it in perspective, I probably at the beginning of my journey had I usually joke and say like 30 creditors. I, I really think it was probably like 50. Like I don't even know. Wow. Like just, just a ton of stuff that I owed. And it was partly just due to um, bad financial habits, not having um, a financial education, like how to budget and manage. Weirdly enough, I had a really good work ethic though. So I was one of those people that worked like a dog. Like I would work, I showed up, you know, first person at work. I was that girl. Mm -hmm. Um, but everything else was just like money flowed through my hands like water. Um, and, and, and it just was what it was. It wasn't an entitlement or whatever. It was just like, I just didn't know how to handle money. Um, and as I read these other stories, I was like, you know, maybe there will be some value in sharing mine. Hmm. I don't know. Like maybe it'll help one person. And, um, I started sharing terribly written blog posts about <laughs> they were so bad uh, about what was going on with me what was happening and um i discovered very quickly that i wasn't the only person with the story i'm african-american i discovered and my blog appeals to people across the 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 board um i've looked at the analytics but yeah. this is important in terms of the statistic uh mentioning uh that i'm african-american is important to uh in terms of the statistic that i'm about to mention which is 51 percent of african-american women will find themselves at probably more than one point in their life caregiving for a relative financially, not because they're ill, not because of anything like that necessarily, but just because their money, um, uh, something happens financially. Wow. And, uh, That's this, a huge percentage. Yeah. Well, and it shouldn't surprise anyone based on like earnings yeah. and, and yeah. how yeah. much college costs. Like it's a huge percentage, but when you pull, like when you step back and look at how much black women make versus white men, white men uh, per dollar and that kind of thing. None of that should surprise you. Right, um, right. No, and, it's yes, I get that too. Yes. But, but for mm-hmm. me, it was a surprise. <laughs> statistic, like it was yes. an abstract thing. And mm-hmm. even now, I'm well known at this point in the personal finance space. I have many friends who are African-American women in that space who have been in the same a position as me currently or previously, or it looks like they will be in the future. Like they can see the writing on the wall. Mm. And the other thing that I discovered was it wasn't just African-American women, right? Like it wasn't just me right? Um, because right. I was black. I also had conversations with friends who were white and friends who were younger and older. And, and, and I discovered that for women in particular, we are very vulnerable to having, um, these types of things uh, hurt our financial progress and that we need to have these conversations more. And so even though it's uncomfortable sometimes for me or awkward, at this point, I'm just like, I've made every mistake financially in the book. And if there's one thing you, you can learn from me about those mistakes is eventually you can resolve them. It might not be pretty. It might be really ugly. It might feel <laughs> 
horrible, like what you have to do to take care of it, but you can resolve it so that you can get closer to resetting the needle. Mm. You know? Yeah. Well, and I mean, I know just from my own experience that just talking about money, talking about debt, talking about how to manage money, like it creates, well, I'm going to speak for myself. It creates a ton of anxiety. Like I am, you know, just how I guess the lack of education that I had around it growing up, that we did struggle for a period of time when my parents divorced, where like, we had money, and then we had no money. And so I have a lot of stress around it. And, you know, we, my husband and I struggle a little with that because <laughs> he's a money guy and I get all like, don't talk to me. But how do you help women feel more at ease in their money stories? Well, I think the first thing is just being empathetic. Like mm. I, I am empathetic to the fact that um, people bring what they bring to the conversations that they're having. Right. Mm-hmm. And um and I understand that because I I do the same. So in the last couple of weeks, I've recorded some podcast episodes kind of addressing this um, with the backdrop of the government shutdown. Mm-hmm. The, following, the following comments are not political in nature. They're just completely about the money side. And this week's episode was about financial PTSD. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I tuned into that oh, today just to kind yeah. of, you know. <laughs> And I was like, even thinking about those poor people Mm. being forced, basically forced to go to a job that was not compensating them and having people not understand that the minute you step your foot outside your door, like your big toe, Hmm. that your, your money meter starts to run and that, that 80% of Americans, cause we all learned this cause they kept saying it. Yeah. are living paycheck to paycheck and that having them in this obligation where you're not compensating them for their time and they're going into debt to do a thing for you, that traumatized me. That was so upsetting that I can't even, it's, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and really, I, I just didn't, it, it made me livid, honestly. Like I didn't mm. know what to do to to even express how mad I was other than do the podcast episode and talk about it and and, and talk about the fact that for some people like their money conversation is is cloaked with grief like grief about the things that they did or did not do Mm -hmm. um it could be uh you just mentioned how your parents divorced and like you had money before and then you didn't well my parents had that same I had the same experience Mm. and I remember being a little girl, I was like seven, six and a half, seven when my parents divorced. And I remember we were, we like, we were never necessarily rich, but, but my dad was in the military. So a lot of stuff that you don't worry about, like housing. Yeah. It was all my mom. Like my mom was a stay at home mom back in the day Mm -hmm. and she had no skills. And so she went from being, you know, a part of a couple to then being responsible for a small human and herself with no skills, no car, no nothing. Like it was a mess. Wow. Wow. And yeah. um I, I yeah, it was just a mess. And um and so when I look back at my money stories like that go throughout my life, they're mm-hmm. never necessarily positive. They mm-hmm. haven't been. Yeah. And so for me moving forward, 
I, I just have to be like, that's the past. <laughs> right. And one day, for the love of God, I will have, like, I will be creating new stories that that are really super positive with my money. And, and that's been happening as I pay things off, as I learn how to make money um, outside of a regular nine to five, which I'm very aggressive about with people nowadays, because if a government job isn't secure, nothing is. Right. And people have to just understand that and don't get in their feelings about it. Like, And also, um, I want people to leave in conversations with me feeling empowered. So that's the other reason why I'm so excited about talking entrepreneurship and, and, and opportunities that digital entrepreneurship, however that may be expressed by uh, your interests and your expertise mm -hmm. um, may manifest itself in your life. So I'm like, if you have expertise in 2019, 2020, 2021, so on and so forth, and you have a laptop or access to a library that lets you check out Chromebooks like they do in Denver, you could start a business. Mm. If you have a cell phone, honestly, nowadays, because there's small computers in your hand, you can create a business doing a thing. What is that thing that you can control? Because ultimately with work where, you know, I, I, I love work in the sense that you're doing something typically that you enjoy, you're helping people, what have you. What I don't love about work um, that we experience in the United States, I've lived in other countries, is that there's a complete lack of security on behalf of the worker. Yeah. And so since we, since I know this about my country, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, that means I have to approach things differently than, say, my friends in France. Right, right. You know what I mean? I, we just don't have those protections that they do. Right, right. Well, everything is getting deunionized and... Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and this is, again, this is not even political. This is a reality that we're dealing with, period. Yeah, yeah so, it is. So if that's the reality we're dealing with, what can we do to make sure that we're okay? And so now I'm very focused on talking, having those kind of, kinds of conversations. How can you empower yourself financially? How can you be nice to yourself when you make mistakes? How can you... Mm. Um, be nice to other people and empathetic when you hear other people having conversations about what they did or didn't do yeah. um, uh, with their money. Like people will learn the hard way. Like that's just life. Let them learn. Um, hopefully they learn easily, but sometimes we just learn the hard way. Yeah. And, and it could be because of mindset. It could be because of, again, uh, childhood trauma. It could be because you, you just feel stupid. <laughs> like literally like sometimes I'm, I'm like, I'm an educated person. How could I make those kinds of mistakes? Mm. Well, clearly there was an issue. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's it. There was an issue. And I have to address it and move on. So obviously having a job, having income is really, really important because we have to survive and pay for food and housing and maybe supporting a parent or siblings or whatever. But how do we prioritize spending in a healthy, good way so that, yes, you could be making money, but you could also just be, you know, just blowing it all on stupid things or just having, a, you know, um, not being mindful about how you spend your money. How do you help people with that? Well, 
and I should say in this conversation, by the way, people, I am not a coach. So I'm not a money coach or anything like that. I'm just a human who talks money all the time because <laughs> I want to normalize the situation, the, the conversation. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Um, what I do is I kind of just show what I do. Right. So if someone, for example, I belong to a movement now called FIRE. And it's financial independence, retire early. Everyone gets all in their feelings about the retire early part. They get confused. I don't know why. They should really be focused on the FI, which is financial independence, like taking actions that empower you and, and um, put you in a position where you're uh, stable and better able to, to make decisions for yourself. In terms of spending, I think it's really interesting how Americans consider themselves consumers versus citizens. So like if you hear the, the, I remember when this started happening, like it was really interesting. I feel like I was in my twenties. So before they would always talk about the American citizen Hmm. in marketing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now they say the American consumer. So Mm -hmm. I think that the conversation first is why are we consuming so much? Like, what do we need? (laughs) Like what, what the heck? Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I did was I did a year long no spending challenge, partly because I was just trying to figure out like, why was I spending so much money? I wanted to save money. And what I discovered was a lot of the spending that I was doing happened because I was bored. Mm. Um, spending would happen because sometimes I was uh, depressed about something and also because I had the habit of spending. Yeah. So I think a lot of people... Um, if they were to step back and look at what was motivating their spending, they might be surprised by that. I was really surprised and I had a year to think about it because I wasn't spending for a year mm. um, on like clothes and things like that. Yeah, uh, I yeah. will I will say asterisks, a uh, little asterisks in this part of the conversation. I may have bought a ginormous bag of lovely lingerie before I started the challenge. So <laughs> maybe I had such a large bag of lingerie that by the end of the challenge, I still had new lingerie. So, wow. But, yes. Well, I was a little like, you know, I'm not w- walking around raggedy. Okay. <laughs> so, not going to do that. Um, and so I, I was really amazed by how much a, a lot of the spending was just habit driven versus mm. need. Mm-hmm. Um, and now like I buy very nice things. Um, I just don't buy things as often. Why? Because I buy very nice things on sale that last. Like I, you know, like, so I live in Denver and even though today is very warm as we record this, mm-hmm. um, it is, you know, a, a, a colder state in some respects, uh, probably not as cold as you guys think it is, but it, you know, like it gets snow and yeah. I want a pair of sorrel boots or sorrel. I yes. don't know how they say it. Yeah, I know um, just the boots you mean. Yeah, they're beautiful. They're great boots, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to pay the money, but I've been looking at the price to see when they go on sale. So I'm going to buy the best pair of boots that I want, the stylish pair that I want. Um, I have fry boots. It's not like I'm I'm buying crap anymore. Before I was buying a lot of crap, and so I had to replace it all the time. That was the other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I lowered my my outgoing spending by about $13,500 a couple years ago. I actually have to recalculate that because I think I've, I've lowered it significantly since then. So I feel like I'm spending probably about $20,000 less than before. Wow. And, um, but I have the same quality lifestyle. So I still live in one of the best neighborhoods in Denver. 
Um, I still, I own, so I don't, I don't rent, so I should be candid about that, but that still has expenses. Like I still have to fix things this year. I'm going to be remodeling like that costs money. Yeah. Um, I still go to yoga. Uh, but the thing is how I do things is different. So in Denver, I have access to free yoga classes. Mm, wow. So actually holds yoga classes for free. <laughs> how nice. Um, or there's like events where you can, like we have yoga um, in the park, mm-hmm. which happens. It's been happening every summer for several years now. And those are free yoga classes on Sunday mornings that are it's like a sponsored big event. And so you leave with like swag and like they have raffles. Um, <laughs> so there's all this stuff that I'm doing that was the same as before, but I'm not paying like twenty five dollars for the class. Right. So I looked at what's important to me. What do I enjoy? Um, I love going for a nice meal, but I'm not go- I'm not doing that every week. So instead of going out to eat uh, several times a week for fast casual, which I enjoy a nice fast fast casual every once in a while, I just don't do it anymore. One because I'm a really good cook. Two, it costs a lot of money over time. And three, I would rather save that money. Uh, instead of going to five fast casual dinners, I'll go to one really good lunch at a really good local restaurant and have the same experience, drop some cash and we're good. And it it ends up being cheaper. So last month I spent about $250 on food related uh, expenses. So that included going out for coffee, groceries, and a nice lunch out. Nice. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think that a lot of people just let their money happen to them versus having a strategy so that they can happen to their money. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so true. I mean, it's almost as if, especially I think having so many avenues of where these days where we're not actually touching the money, that, yes. that, that there's credit cards and Venmo and whatever else is out there, PayPal, where you don't really feel it. And it's so cool that you brought that up, actually. I was talking to my mom about that. Mm -hmm. And I do um, a lot of what I do now, I get paid digitally. So basically, I wake up um, and there's money in my accounts. Hmm. And I make a point of withdrawing cash Hmm. for my smaller incidentals as often as I can. Like sometimes I forget. Um, But the, the reason is, is I noticed that that I was handling cash a lot less and that I feel like the experience of holding money is very different than waking up and having like 300 bucks in your account or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to become detached from the work that I did to get that money. I don't want to be become detached from the, the amount of hours of value that created that money to pay off the debt or what, like, like yeah. for me, it also is, I don't want to get to the point where I forget and I backslide into the habits that I had before. Right. So I'm very careful and mindful about the reality of what money is. It's energy, mm. um, time, it's time, you know, and energy. So I, I did a thing in order to to get this exchange of value back to me. And, um, I don't want to forget that. I I also want to bring up the idea, uh, you know, in terms of like spending and your budget, I think most people also need to think about how many hours of work create, uh, equals what they spent. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm buying, 
you know, these Sorrel boots that are $200 boots, right? Mm-hmm. How many hours of work is that? Mm. That's a different conversation, right? Yeah. If you're making yeah. $13 an hour, even as a side hustle, say, say you're working a salary job with the government, we still go on that. Um, and then you pick up a side hustle because you're like, you know, I'm not completely convinced that they're not going to try to shut down again because I don't know how long this agreement's going to last, right? Right. So then you pick up this $13 an hour job, which is great because it helps you kind of um, buffer your your, your uh, budget. But that $13 is time away from your kids if you have kiddos. Time away from your spouse if you have a spouse. Time away from your parents if you spend time with your parents. Time from you because maybe you you like to uh, focus on self-care. All the four, if you have all four things that are, you know, that I mentioned that are valid valid for you. Maybe you have a fur baby and, you know, that's time away from them. I'm not a pet person, but they're cute and I could see that (laughs) being an issue. You know what I mean? Yep. So, So now when I'm like, okay, I... I want a thing and it costs this much. Am I, am I like up for that? Like, is that worth it? That changes the dial period in of end of story when you start asking yourself those questions. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's an interesting um, point that yeah, my husband will sometimes say like, well, you know, if well, podcasting right now, I'm not making any money at it, but He's like, well, how much time, how much of your money goes to doing that? Because it's your time and your time is money. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> but I love it. But I love it. <laughs> he doesn't understand. I love it. But yeah. that's, your, that's your decision on what the value of this ex- exchange of time and energy is for you. Yes, right? Absolutely. So- I don't, I mentioned the first project. I also have one, I have a podcast and blog about Colorado. Hmm. And um, it's because I love my state, love it, love where I live, <laughs> love my lifestyle, love the people. I mean, there are things I hate, but in general, I love it, right? Yep. And so that's a lot of time to do that too. Um, but I won't be, you know, I, I, I won't uh, be disingenuous and say that, hey, I'm not making money from one of these things. I am. Mm. And I mean, there's there's a point where you're like, I love this thing, and if you're doing entrepreneurial endeavors in some sort of way, you you will ask yourself, okay, I love what I'm doing. Do I want the the challenge of trying to earn money in this way? Or is it time to value my time and energy by by getting out there and requesting uh, sponsors, things like that? That that's right. a decision you'll you'll have to make. So I right. blogged for many years for free, loved it, paid money to do it because it costs money to blog. Yep. And I was fine with that. I was completely fine with that. But then there was a point when I saw a lot of friends in this the same the personal finance space, they started making real money. And I was like, oh, wait a minute now. Um, I still would like to pay my stuff off. And it doesn't make sense for me not to explore every uh, way that I can to to empower myself to make more money. So that was just a, philo- a philosophical change that I had about this, this project that I'd been doing for many years. So I didn't, I didn't start uh, thinking about monetizing or making money outside of my, like making money with my blog until like, seriously, until I'd say, uh, the beginning of 2015, mid, uh, like 2015, mid 2015. And I'd been blogging since 2012. Wow. Wow. So, you know, I was just sharing my story. And I love sharing my story. Yeah. 
Now it's different. I do share my story. I have that like very personal stuff on a specific day, usually the beginning of the week on Mondays, but I, I'm not playing around. Like this is now a business. It makes me money. Um, and I love it. I love it. Like hitting my accounts this year. I'm looking to grow that income aggressively for a couple reasons. One, um, that money will help me pay off the rest of my debt. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and again, I'm a money blogger. It, it's an incomplete conversation if I don't talk about building wealth. Right, right. It's completely incomplete. Yeah, absolutely. No, and, and to feel like the value that your time and effort is, there's value to it, like that you can be paid for it. And that's okay, too, not to load on this guilt like I shouldn't be making money for I whatever feel no reason. Whatsoever. Yeah. So, you know, there's some people who are like, I feel guilty. I'm like, I'm not one of those. So <laughs> I no, because no. I yeah, have I get spent it. a lot of time learning. Yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah. HTML, social media management, coding, like I've uh, all the things. Yeah. Marketing, um, email list building. So so I know the value of those skills mm-hmm. because I see what they're hiring people to do and I see what my friends are earning. So for me, I have I've broken through the guilt barrier and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. No, I love I, I like making money. It's a good thing. Yes. But but you know, uh, it's funny that you just said that. I will say that I also had to work through a money mindset thing where I felt guilty. So so now I feel no guilt, but I felt weird about wanting more and asserting that. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that came from uh, just a long line of conversations and actions in my life, like not from me, but from people around me, mm-hmm. where you do work that's of service to others and to to want more is kind of a greedy thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's, yeah, there's a lot of, I'm a therapist and so there's a lot of conversations around, I'm, I'm in a service industry, so why does that mean I shouldn't make money? <laughs> exactly. And so I, you know, I know a lot of people, a lot of women in particular who are in jobs like, so right now, Denver teachers are striking. Mm -hmm. They should be striking because they are not paid enough in the state of Colorado and the city of Denver. They're just not. It's a high cost of living living city. Um, A lot of these people have three, four jobs. And there's a point where you have to be like, that's not going to (laughs) work. Right, right. Um, and and it's tricky because as teachers, they are of service to the students, right? Like they're yep. doing something that there's a certain feeling of benevolence a little bit. So like teaching and social work and mm-hmm. all these jobs where we're serving others and we're caring for them and we're nurturing them. And I think that can um, when you're like, you know what, I have to I have to say no to being undervalued in this way. It can feel really weird. So yeah. I've done a lot of um like literally every single day I have to do mind work on envisioning that I can earn more, mm-hmm. that it's okay, that I shouldn't feel weird about it. And then explain to like share with myself the why, which is back to, you know, helping my mom with re- her retirement, paying off the rest of my debt, being secure because financial insecurity has been a constant in my entire life. So yeah. like feeling and that that brings its own set of weird head trips like well i've always been financially insecure i don't know what it's going to be like on the other side and so i'll i'll self sabotage mm. so i can't get to the other side yeah yeah you this is I mean? this is what feels comfortable right i know yeah. this feeling yeah 
Yeah. So that's been, it's been head trippy mm. walk, working through something that I never in my life thought would be a thing. Like, why would I self-sabotage success? Like, what the hell? Mm. Yeah. And it, and it happened yeah. more than once, which is why I have to work on it every day. Yeah. yeah. Every day. I totally, I get it. I get it. Well, one, it's easy to fall back into old patterns of behavior, but two, yeah, it's sometimes it's just what feel, feels familiar. And I know that feeling of, of financial insecurity, but I don't know what this will bring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So if you had tips for the listeners to help them sort of manage their own money stories or get more comfortable in what they're doing, what might they be? I think the first thing is to to be kind to yourself as you go through the process of bettering your financial story. Mm. So again, I mentioned I probably have like 50 creditors, like some crazy number, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And now I'm at about eight. Wow. Um, and, uh, and they're small now. So they've gotten like the, the actual amounts are small. So my goal is to get several of those knocked out in the next couple of months. Nice. Um, I, uh, still have student loans, fun times. <laughs> mm, I, I, I hear you. I have, I, we have graduated kids from college that we're helping with loans. So I so totally get it. I do. Um, the other thing is if you stumble as you work towards your goal, be again, be kind to yourself. It's going to happen. It just is. Um, what, why did you fumble? Like ask yourself what, what happened to make me do this thing? Mm -hmm. Um, and then over time, the better habits will start to take over. Um, over time, your mindset will shift. Um, over time, you will have more and more successes. You'll have failures too, but as your successes build, so will your confidence. And I think that building financial confidence is really the key. So that would be the other thing too, is learn how to make money outside of your job because it's so empowering. It changes how you think about everything. So now for me, um, I'm like, well, wow, I made money doing this, this, this. And that was pretty like, whoa, I didn't like the numbers are better than I thought. Yeah. And so celebrate those wins. Um, and then finally connect with a community of people who believe in what you're trying to do and who are on the same path. Mm-hmm. There is no way I would have been able to have the success that I've had if I tried this on my own. So sometimes your relatives or your friends, they just don't get it. Or maybe as you are changing your habits and things like that, you change your friends because you're different. Right, right. And it's and it's hard for some people because they, they, they're like, you know, I've known this person since I was two. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, sometimes, you know, just you change your, your vibration that you're working at is different. Right. And so you want to make sure as you pay off debt, as you, as you look to earn more money, those kinds of things that you, things that you seek out other people who are in alignment with that. In fact, when you read interviews with millionaires, billionaires or whomever, or even just people who've paid off massive, massive amounts of debt, people who've grown their income, that is the number one thing they, that, that, that they talk about. It's community um, because they will keep you focused and they will believe in what you're trying to do. 
Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. And, you know, yeah, sometimes it's just time to leave things behind and move forward. Exactly. Yeah. So how do people find you, Michelle? Um, you can find me at michelleismoneyhungry.com. Uh, That's the website. That's also the name of the podcast. So if you go to iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, Michelle is Money Hungry. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at the same moniker. Nice. <laughs> if you are interested in Colorado, you're very welcome to check me out at squarestateco.com. I share all things Colorado. Um, and I love it so much. I do. <laughs> um, and I just want for you to know that you can. And, and I think that, um, a lot of times we feel like we can't, mm-hmm. it might take you a while. Don't get me wrong. Like it's, it's taken me a long time. Okay. Yeah. But put it in perspective. Women are living to be well into their eighties. Right. People living to be 107, 112 yeah. looking good. Yeah. I, wow. Um, so I'm like, if I lived to be 112, was that 10 year sacrifice worth it? Heck yeah. If I'm oh rich my. at 112, <laughs> you know, before then. So, so my point is, um, anything that you're doing where it feels overwhelming or whatever, or it feels like it's going to take all this time. It's just a season in your life and keep it in perspective. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've really enjoyed the conversation and um, it sounds like you're doing some pretty great things out there. Trying every, every day I'm hustling like the song says. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks again. And uh, thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Michelle. I just love her energy and positivity, and she's just very uh, her pot, her her good spirits are very contagious. Um, I just took away from that conversation that whatever our money story is, whatever we're bringing to the table around making money or debt, that we can change that story. We can, we can do things differently. And even though money can be very anxiety provoking, if we work on it, we can create a better relationship with ourselves around money. And that's really important because we're worth it. Well, I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you take care of yourselves. I look forward to next week's podcast, and I hope you do too. Ciao for now from This Woman Warrior. Thanks for listening and subscribing to The Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com.